You're listening to Fakeologist Radio Conference Call, another Fakeologist service to connect like-minded skeptics who want to share their ideas with like-minded individuals. Unlike audio chat, all you need is a telephone, whether it be a hard line or a soft line like Skype. Go to fakeologist.com forward slash cc and learn how to participate or start a call and hear it later on fakeologist.com. To comment on this call, find the post at audiochat.fakeologist.com and scroll through the archives. Now, on with the call. Okay, welcome to the fakeologist.com commute with John Adams. We've been away for a while. Uh, John happened to catch me, though, at the the... Fakeologist Broadcast Center here on the North Shores of Lake Ontario in Toronto, Ontario, Canada, the media capital of Canada. We're, uh, I think our country is almost as big as California, and that's where you're calling from, John Adams. And welcome and hello. Hello to you, uh, sir. Uh, my um, my boss, my my uh, network boss. Well, apparently, I'm now in two networks. I'm in the Hoaxbuster community network, which I have made a post about that, and I must say, I am not worthy of being in your network. The research you do, that Chris does, that Jay Dyer does, I'm I'm just a poor tagger on, so I don't really think... If, if you guys get paid, then I shouldn't be paid. You should be putting in some kind of pay dispute if if i'm in your network yeah the um well it, that, it's it's just funny it, it's it's that was that was a hilarious thing I, I was i was actually pretty surprised that jay found that that uh calcified lies uh, guy but but yeah that was pretty funny well what you're referring because, to is um, yeah I just to interrupt and let the people know, you uh, were the subject of a pretty good uh, deconstruction by a guy named Calcified Lies, or Steve, I think his name is. He was on my broadcast back when I was broadcasting, and he did a pretty good analysis of 9-11. And because my show was always centered on 9-11, I had him on, because I tried to get anyone who was talking about 9-11 on the Internet on. And I thought he was really a very coherent analyzer of 9-11 so that's who we're talking about and uh he he said we're part of some kind of disinformation campaign on well i guess everything i guess so i don't know i i never um you know i think i might have heard that uh broadcast or that you and him did mm-hmm. i'm I don't I don't recall it, but the one thing that I do recall is that is that Chris, you know, has his website on Hoaxbusters, like on the right hand side. Yeah. Where he lists all of all the websites that he likes, mm-hmm. and he had calcified lies listed up there, which is funny because Chris actually put a video up on Hoaxbusters where and he and he went to the specific part where the guy was saying that all the people in in the shill network are listed right here on Hoaxbusters, and he didn't even realize that his his name's listed right there too. <laughs> well, I am a supporter of Hoaxbusters. I do make uh, small donations because I do think 
I do think that the uh, no agenda show model of uh, sustainability for creativity is a good one. And uh, Chris hardly ever asked for money. And I, I do send I send coffee money. I don't think that's out of the realm of reasonableness. So I don't subscribe in any way other than just shoot them some coffee money here and there. So I think everyone should do that if if they are interested in seeing Chris, who doesn't seem like a uh, very rich individual. He, and I don't think he uh, has a high-paying job. So I think uh, sending any donation his way is well worth it, if not just to maintain his equipment and uh, maintain his Internet connection. Yeah. Absolutely, and yep. I have I have put um, a donate button on my site for his site only because you know sometimes it's hard to find these buttons. So I just put it in the top corner at fakeologist.com. I have three buttons: one for me, and I I, I have the odd person that uh, contributes, and that's fine. I'm not looking for money, but I just put it up there just as a tip jar, really. And I've got Clues Forum, which I'm a supporter of, and the Hoaxbuster uh, Disinfo Network. I mean, uh, Chris's site. <laughs> so well, that's a little sarcasm there. Sarcasm <laughs> well, off. Yeah. Well, the yeah, that, that's great. I'm I'm glad. I'm just glad. Personally, I'm just glad, and uh, I'm always appreciative of when you uh, repost the stuff that we do that you like, which is and, most um, of it. Most of it, because you do right. a lot of stuff. I can't right, possibly agree. Or I'm not really interested in the punk rock thing because I don't like punk rock much. You know, I like a few fringe punk rock bands. Uh, the Pretenders is hardly punk rock, but I do like them. But I'm not that interested in the topic. But almost everything else you guys talk about, I'm interested in, of course. Sure. Yeah. Absolutely. We yeah. we all can't. Hey, I don't agree with Chris a hundred percent on everything either. So nobody can agree. We we've had that discussion in previous talks, but it's and and uh, and uh, with the with the punk rock thing, uh, if anybody is interested who's listening to this and you haven't gone and checked that out, we basically just do a. a connect the dots of um, people who started the punk rock scene and started punk rock music, including uh, there will be a pretenders analysis because Chrissy Hine does have some very interesting connections. Um, oh, really? Uh, but yeah, there, yeah, well, well, yeah. That, that, that one I'll listen to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So there, so yeah, it's just a lot of interesting connections, kind of similar to the Laurel Canyon scene, which uh, is pretty bizarre. It's it's a, it's above and beyond. It's not speculation. It's not um, it's not uh, hearsay. It's actually actual stuff there. There's a little uh, pretender for you. Is that coming through? Okay. I am actually I'm I'm in the middle of the road right now. Well, I hope you're not driving straddling the yellow line. But very good. That's middle of the road. Might have been one of their best hits from the album "Learning to Crawl." But this isn't radio roll or not Learning to music. Crawl. Yeah, it. Which yeah, I, I, I have. Which I have on. I have a vinyl copy of "Learning to Crawl." 
Okay. Well, I don't think I have a vinyl copy of that. I wasn't really into vinyl. I think I moved right into cassettes at the time, and I was more into stealing music from the radio. Was that stealing when I was pressing the record button on my cassette cassette slash radio unit? I don't know, because pretty much that's what we do now, right? Well, I'll tell well, I'll, t- I'll tell you this. This is this has always been funny to me. Is when they came out with Napster and you know everybody from Metallica to whoever else was making a big stink over people stealing their music on Napster. It didn't make any sense to me even back then because I was like, going, well, this is the equivalent of of making a cassette copy of something and giving it to someone." Mm-hmm. It's just you're able to do it. Now you're able to trade with someone in uh, Toronto. Yeah. You know? It's just, yeah, it's easier now. And so, yeah, it, it was basically the same thing. Um, and so it's like you, no, nobody was uh, making a big stink over the fact that you could walk into any music store and buy cassette tapes and make a copy of the cassette or cd that you just bought or record back in back in the 80s and 90s so well it's you're right it's just a convenience and i think the music business just got addicted to the money because let's face it uh there was there are costs or distributing media the physical media there's no doubt about it so i don't think they were I, I think it uh, was more. They were more interested in getting the message out than making big bucks from uh, distributing the media. Anyway, let's. I wanted to. Uh, cre- the other thing you said uh, that I'm being accused of now is um, I'm part of a, my own disinfo network. So not only am I in, in the hoax busters disinfo network, I'm just in the same old plain old fakeologist on my own disinfo network. And I think uh, the only. Audios coming out of this website lately have been a radio Rolo, so they're they're claiming that Rolo is a bit of disinfo. But anyway, I keep Rolo around because number one, he's very supportive of the site, and I don't like the fact that he drinks to excess and broadcasts. But on the other hand, he is entertaining, and let's face it, radio is all about uh, at least entertainment, if nothing else, if nothing else, information. So, uh, but I don't think Rolo is is harmful. To the message in any way, really. Um, but anyhow, no, I want guys got yeah. some interesting conversations up there. You guys have some interesting conversations. I think so. Some of them are rambling, and uh, he plays my music requests when I'm on the road, so it's it's fine. Now I wanted uh, you to write down a few things that we were going to talk about. Not that I want to pre-screen them. One, sometimes we meander, or I meander mainly, and I get off topic. So you only have probably. Well, you want you wanted to. I knew you wanted to pre-screen it to make sure that I wasn't going to bring bring up anything that wasn't outside of our show network. Yeah right. Well, it was, yeah, it was mainly so I don't forget about <laughs> stuff because we only have an hour, and that doesn't really leave a lot of time to. Uh, go off topic too much so i'll just read out a few of the points and we'll try and hit them uh we've already gone over the hoaxbuster shill network which um i i don't know i listened to to calcified lies audio and um in the end i don't think he was disagreeing or saying too much negative about us other than we were somewhat connected and we're only connected usually with a phone line 
and um, basically referencing each other here and which, there. Which, yeah, which which basically let's let's just um, flesh this out. Yeah, uh, I've never met Tim in person. No. Tim, you've never met me in person. Probably never will. Um, we not don't f- talk on the phone regularly. No, not we've actually been um, out of touch for a don't while. Email, we don't. What's up? We've actually been out of touch for quite some time. Right. Yeah. We we don't email regularly. It's it's kind of a we talk about something and then we let it lie for a little bit and then we pick it back up where we left off. That's pretty much it. Yeah, and I've never talked to Jay Dyer. I think Jay Dyer is now my one of my favorite philosophers. I I just like all the work he's doing for the most part, and I listen to most of his stuff. He's he's just like Chris and you. He puts out so much stuff. It's it is hard to keep up, but overall, I like his message. He's really smart. I like that he references tragedy and hope because that's very interesting. I think it's just another blueprint for the elite in how they're going to manage society. And it makes perfect sense. I like how he talks about it. He's one of the smartest guys to talk about media fakery. And we just need more and more people to talk about media fakery because now the the controllers, the network, whatever you want to call them, they are hitting media fakery and fake news head on. They are doing a frontal assault on it. And all they're trying to do is manage... They're trying to manage the topic now, and they're going to manage it to their advantage. So it's going to it's going to squeeze out any little peeps of information that we're trying to get out by spinning it into la la land, basically, and that's what they're doing. Well, well, I, I'm going to I'm going to put out a, a speculation on my part, but I I think it's correct. Mm-hmm. Um. And this will kind of tie in, bring up something else that we were going to talk about was Adam Curry on Alex Jones. Yeah, and that was a shock. I, here's what I think. Here, here's what I think. Like a lot of these alt media people, these alt media superstars, they talk about how they're the targets of, you know, they're the targets of the mainstream media. I actually don't really think that's what's going on here because I, I think the the particular. Um, choosing of using the term fake news is actually directed at, at at awareness of media fakery has seeped into so many different outlets that uh, that that is actually something that needs to be managed. I, I guarantee you, most of the stuff that that you're hearing on alt media, you know, patriot stuff, this constitution, that. I mean that's such been going on for 25 years. So that's not that's not anything new or da- or dangerous. The awareness of media fakery though, that is something that has come to light and um you know it even gets all media people upset like your uh like your good buddy Tom Secker, I say that facetiously. Yeah. But <laughs> Yeah, I don't even know if the uh, the fake news is talking about media, fa- media fakery. The only thing they have in common is the word fake. And uh, even my brother made a posting on his slave book site saying, I must be really excited because now fakeologist or fakeology is coming into the mainstream. And and so far, I don't, I think they've been just talking about uh, 
they haven't really been talking about media fakery. I haven't really seen too much reference to it. I think they're just talking about putting out uh, politically incorrect, not incorrect, but wrong information. So they're not really talking about any of the most important points that we talk about, which is psychological operations, military control of the the media. And, yeah, go ahead. Well, I think you're correct. They haven't brought it up. But see, here's the thing. By using the term fake news, it muddies the waters. Oh, yeah. Because, I mean, you and and I both know this, that if, let's say some, some... alleged shooting happens somewhere, right? I'm sure you've done this. Obviously, I don't know if you, but I've done it. I hear about a shooting or I hear about this event. I go to YouTube. I type in whatever it is, fake. You know, let's just say there's, you know, whatever. Orlando shoots fake, right? right? You type it in and a whole list of YouTubes come, come up with people saying that, you know, something is fake. Well, that has that in of itself has seeped into the collective consciousness to a certain extent because wh- whether people agree with it or not, they are aware of the fact that there are people out there saying that their stuff is fake. A perfect example is you brought up uh, Tom Secker mm-hmm. on that talk with uh, Andreas, um, also known as Unreal, who uh, we have on Hoaxbusters sometimes. Yeah. And... Um, uh, one of one of my uh, favorite fakeologists, by the way, and yeah, he um, and so you guys were talking about Tom 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 Secker, mm-hmm. and see Tom Secker is is always hilarious to me. Actually, I think I hipped you to Tom Secker, um, uh, like a year or two ago, and uh, and because he was so funny, because he was so angry and mad at the fact that there were people out there saying that stuff was fake, and he maintained this. A seething anger towards people who call this stuff out to be fake, and it's so. Um, it, it, he's one of these guys who will never ever look at any information from that perspective. Like it, it's, I, I've come up with a term. Maybe uh, maybe you'll you'll think it. You know how everybody calls us the the everything is fake crowd. Well, he's part of the everything is real crowd. Yeah. <laughs> and so. Yeah. He's a real. So you have these people who, no matter what, it, no matter what it is, everything is real across the board. It's it's all real. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, and uh, he basically is just another level, I guess, of the gatekeeping crowd. That's the only way you can describe it. Really, he's very close to the 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 kernel of truth that we all seek, and but he just he keeps everyone at a certain level. Uh, away from from the truth. If you if you remember Culto's truth castle, that's surrounded by different walls uh, of gatekeeping. Yeah, and I've asked him twice to be to come on Hoaxbusters. Mm-hmm. Even when we have his, we used to have Pierce Redmond on, who's his uh, partner on the the CIA in Hollywood podcast. Uh, Pierce used to come on with us, and um, he would never come on. And uh, I don't really care about it's not really about him. I'm just saying this right now. Anybody who wants to come on hoaxbusters or fakeologist, I'm, Tim, will, Tim will take this up. If you want to come on ho- uh, hoaxbusters and fakeologist and 
and talk about how something is real and you want to debate us on how real something is, come on. We're yeah. all for it. We want, it we want to talk to people who, who think stuff. Yeah. I'm ready. But no one, I, I'm, I've, I've, I've emailed so many people, Tim, and asked them if they want to come on and, and uh, debate media fakery, and they, nobody ever takes the bait. Yeah, it's interesting. I, I I don't know if they think it's discredit by association. If they start talking about it, then they're going to look bad to the majority. I, I don't know. Or maybe they just don't have a, a strong argument for why you're wrong and, and they're right or vice versa. So, yeah, it's interesting. I, I don't uh, – I've been pretty dormant lately, so I haven't been seeking out people to talk to, but uh, – which I guess is why we just sort of. I think they. I think they think they're too good for like, like we're not we're not real researchers. You know, we're probably not good good enough for their nonsense. I think we have another caller that just joined in from the two zero three area oh, okay. code two zero three. Hello. Hi, uh, this is Joe. How are you? Uh, Joe, I'm fine. Welcome. Where are you calling from? Well, Ab, let me tell you, I've been listening to you since your very first show. I don't know. from. I haven't been listening for a year or two. Uh, I may bring up sore subjects here. I don't know. But I listened to Marcus since his inception. But I've been out for a couple of years, and uh, I just happened to get an email from you, so I thought I'd try it. Here I am, and I'm in Connecticut. Oh, hey, Joe. Oh, that's fine. And say hi to John Adams. He's in Los Angeles or somewhere around there. Hi, John, in California. It must be nice out there. It is... What? What, how, what is it? 64. Well, that's nicer than it is here. It's so. zero Celsius or 33 Masonic degrees here. Well, no, John, there's oh, no... Oh, boy. 33. <laughs> Well, did you? I I I have to admit, I think most people. Why did they choose thirty three for the um, first degree of not freezing? <laughs> that, that how did that come about? Does anyone know the history <laughs> of that? If anyone is well read, it's you, John. Maybe you know. Well, there's a lot of thirty threes in nature. Mm-hmm. I can't think of it. Uh, you know, there's 33 bones in your spine. Yeah. Um, there's, you know, there's uh, there's all sorts of 33s everywhere. I I can't think of them off the top of my head. I actually used to have a list of of a bunch of 33s. Um, I'm sure I have that somewhere. Maybe I can find it and email it to you, and you can post it or something. But uh, yeah, there's a lot of 33s in nature, and so they just basically hijacked a natural thing, which yeah, they okay. like to do that. And um, so the 33rd degree of Freemasonry is the, you know, they tell they tell everybody in Freemasonry, and I know this because I've talked to Freemasons that I used to work with, they, they believe on the lower levels that there's only 32 degrees, and then once you make it to the 32nd degree, they reveal that there's a 33rd degree. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, there's, uh, what, there's 33 beads on a, on a on a Hindu chakra bead. Okay. There's, well, John, uh, John, I believe. Don't quote me on this, but I believe there's a 33 beads on a rosary too. If I'm not if I'm not mistaken. 
I don't know. Well, let's get back to Adam Curry on the Alex Jones show because I think you're, John, you're still a big No Agenda fan. I'm, I'm always on the verge yep. of donating, and then he says something that pisses me off that I disagree with. But then I think he says so much <laughs> other stuff that I do agree with. I don't know what to do. And now he's been on yeah, Alex I, Jones. Well, I would never donate. <laughs> yeah, I, I think I think what which is which was really funny because they made so much fun of him over the years mm-hmm. and called him a shill and everything else. And then apparently, because I'm sure you listened to the last episode, he caught a lot of flack for going on there. A little and, bit, not too um, much. Yeah, so. So, anyways, uh, I think what you're going to see is more of this, like, uh, alt-media superstars aligning themselves with each other because they feel like they're under attack from the mainstream and then maybe the alt-media will become the new mainstream. Mm -hmm. So do you think that um, that Adam crossed a line when he went with hang out with Alex Jones? He didn't exactly go out of his way to give the links to the show. I actually had to go look it up. I still download Alex Jones on my phone, but I don't actually listen to it. But I did dig this one up for my uh, phone, and and he's blathering away with uh, Alex. And, you know, sometimes Alex doesn't sound too bad because he doesn't, of course, go through everything that we talk about. But uh, overall, some this you know, program is brought to you by you know, the Genesis Communications Network. Well, there he is. Yeah. Just playing a little bit of him and Adam Curry right now. Our problem is we don't want to be in charge. We don't want to be involved. We just want to live our lives, be successful, have our friends. We're other. We're murdered in 2008. Trump offered a hotel suite for. That's fine. Where he starts talking. About. In New York City, as you can see. Where is he here? What would your life? So many commercials on this. episodes for his hit TV show on RT, and Adam Curry, the big star of MTV, back when it was the biggest thing there was, got a successful radio show and more. He's Look at that. That started at 33.33 of his second hour. <laughs> oh, my goodness. These, these numbers <laughs> never stop, honest to God. Yeah, but he appeared with uh, Max Kai. Yeah, I, I'm not even kidding. I'm just looking at it now. About, about 33.33, everything starts uh, with Adam Curry. And he had Max Kaiser, and it's funny because I don't listen to Max Kaiser at all. I I just remember him from the Alex Jones show when I used to listen at the very beginning. I was looking, and if you look at my rabbit trails, you can you know that I I listen to Alex Jones because he had Jesse Ventura on, and I like Jesse Ventura um, for talking about nine eleven at the time. But anyway, that's where Max Kaiser popped up, and it was coincidental. Everything, all these synchronicities happen at the same time because I just read Miles Mathis, Eminem there, who is some kind of, who knows who he is, but he was doing a bit of an outing of Max Kaiser. And the next thing you know, I hear Adam saying he likes Max Kaiser. And then, and then right away uh, after that, Adam and Max Kaiser are together on Alex Jones. I thought, geez, everything is just colliding at the same time. It's fa- it's fascinating. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Coincidence? <laughs> Coincidence? I think not. Oh, I gotta dig that one up now. Yeah. I don't know. 
Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know who Miles Mathis is either. Um, I've asked. I've traded I two emails not. with him too. I, I tried. <laughs> yeah, I tried. I tried to get him on Hoaxbusters, but he uh, he, in so many words, basically conveyed that there's no way to tell it, that anybody who has a podcast isn't a shill. So he didn't want to be on. That's what he said. Who did you talk um, to, a- Adam? Miles Mathis. Oh, Miles Mathis. Oh, wow. Yeah, I asked him to come on Hoaxbusters. Oh, cool. And, uh, he didn't want to come on. Yeah, I've never heard him so, speak publicly, but, um, so if that would be quite the quite the get if you had him on. Yeah, he trade. Yeah, he tra- he trades. He'll trade an email, email or two with you, but he he doesn't um, feel the need to go on podcasts apparently. But um, well, he's definitely a very prolific yeah. writer, and makes one wonder if he's a composite writer like uh, like I think Shakespeare or Mozart were. Sure. They're entities. Yeah, the one, the one thing I would say about the Adam Curry, Alex Jones thing is that the, um, is that, you know, this is kind of a banding together of those particular superstars. I, I, he said he's never met Alex. It's just weird, which, I mean, maybe he hasn't. I don't know. But they both live in Austin. I mean, how hard would it be to get a hold of each other? Especially if they both knew that each other existed, you know, so it's, it, it was, uh, it was kind of, it was kind of weird. Yeah. Austin's uh, a like big city. Weird, weird strange time. Yeah. Austin's a big city. I don't, yeah, but they both know each other exists. Yeah. They're, they were both aware of each other. Sure. So, but I don't know, would they do any, I, would they do either of them, either of them any good by getting together and talking? I don't know. Some, you know, sometimes when you, when you hear the other side, the non-broadcast, the non-persona side of a, of a broadcaster, a public person like Adam or Alex, it, it kind of drains from the mystery. The I guess it, it kind of pokes holes in the whole illusion of the character. I don't think it's necessarily a good thing for their persona. I don't, for instance, I don't think it's a good thing for a singer to open up his mouth and tell us what they think of this or that because I just like them because they can sing. But when they start talking about anything else, it just is like letting air out of a balloon. I don't, you're wrecking everything. You're ruining my illusion. And so much of, of what we, so much of our reality is just our perception that when people start talking off the cuff or giving other opinions, it blows the whole illusion, I think. And, and even listening to Adam Curry, uh, talk with somebody else just sort of, off the cuff and not performing, it kind of waters down his brand. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, he's out of the he's out of his element, and you're used to hearing him within his element. And that's the same thing with a singer who decides to get political, or you know, talk you know, talk about something. And not that Adam Curry doesn't know spe- about what he's talking about specifically within his little. Gate gate kept area, um, he does. Um, but uh, it's you know a singer that doesn't know anything about politics, and then you know says says you know oh you know I'm voting for Hillary, and you should too be if you if you like me as a singer. It's like you know. Well, any any you intelligent. Off, you, you don't even. Want, 
any intelligent businessman knows you don't give your opinion, especially when it's a 50-50 divide like abortion, no abortion, Democrat, Republican. Why would you deliberately lose half your clientele in one conversation? It's stupid. In other words, keep your mouth shut if you want to keep your, your complete business going. Don't blow off half your customers with one stupid comment. So it's really a very risky or stupid thing to do. And if someone does do that, you have to wonder if they're being paid to do it. Because it's very, it's almost, it's, it's, sure. just, it's a very bad business decision. Of course we know singers are human beings, most likely, and they have opinions, but don't screw with your brand. You know, it doesn't make sense. It's bad business. <laughs> yeah, I think a lot of times, myself included, I just assume that someone who is in show business until otherwise, until otherwise is probably a liberal. And, the, and the, they're part of that little entertainment liberal clan. Yeah. That's, you know, that that's that's primarily what what you see. And if somebody isn't one, um, then it's one. It's fair. It's it's kind of rare, but it's also it's also kind of um, like every once in a while you'll get these stars and then they get promoted for the fact that they aren't liberals because they, they throw, um, and I'm speaking for anybody who's listening to this for the first time, I'm speaking in this with an, an objective, uh, framework here. I'm not, I'm not Republican or Democrat or liberal or conservative, but they throw the, the conservative people like a bone, like every once in a while, somebody will come out and be a, uh, you know, a right winger, like, a um, like John Voigt or Adam Sandler or something like that. Mm-hmm. You, John, you also mentioned you were going to have yeah, uh, some guy named Nino on. Can you just describe, remind me who that person is? Because I know he's been on some of your broadcasts on hoaxbusterscall.com. Yeah, um, if if he does uh, chime in, Nino, um, Nino contacted me while... Um, I don't know if it was before we started doing the punk rock calls or not, but um, maybe after the first or second installment of the punk rock stuff, uh, I got to talking with a guy named Nino who was a listener, mm-hmm. and he had built a database uh, prim- pr- um, prim- primarily starting with the stuff with the research that I, w- I had done into it, and he had actually done much more extensive. Mm. research off of the stuff that I originally did. And he built a whole brain database uh, based off of the punk rock uh, material. And so that's what we're going through on these talks is him, myself, Chris, and another guy, another listener named Richard. And we we're going through the punk rock um, material um, but but yeah, he also he's also you know kind of expanding outward with the brain database into into other uh, areas. Okay. So so he was on the last. If you, if you listen to the last hoaxbusters call at the end, we were having a discussion about theosophy before we got cut off. Okay. And how um, 
you know, Gandhi was a British agent and stuff like that. Yeah, I guess so. I guess most of the major individuals in our culture are are serving the Queen in some way through some agency or some NGO or some foundation, however they want to funnel their money. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. There's, there's, you know, other things that I, I do research on the side and just, you know, whenever I get a chance in between uh, changing diapers, um, mm-hmm. I... Not your diapers, though. We'll look at something, you know, having to do with an inter- you know, an entertainer. And whereas I don't think all entertainers are in on some conspiracy or something, but m- the majority of them have been tricked into siphoning a good portion of their money off to some foundation or some cause that I'm sure is a front organization for something else. Interesting. Uh, just re- recently, Unreal, who you and I both enjoy talking to, has really been obsessed with this trans trans investigation, which I just thought was a big joke that Jungle Surfer, who was a YouTuber, brought up many times. And I still think he's way off most of the time. But on the other hand, uh, Unreal brought up a couple other YouTubers that are really doing some very interesting work on some very very debatable people that definitely could go either way if you are doing a trans investigation. So I'm just wondering if you have a stand or an interest or if you think it's just a distraction from fakery. Because really part of my fascination with fakeology is that I was so easily deceived by 9-11 so when I see other things that are right in front of my face that I could be being deceived by, it also it's it it, it fascinates me as well. So I'm wondering if you have any interest or opinion on this subject. Yeah, I um I talked to Andreas about this, so okay. Um, uh, he, he so he obviously he's aware of it. I'm just making you aware that I already spoke to him, but. Um, I might disagree with him a little bit on this subject um, okay. in a friendly manner. No, um, I actually have listened to all of the audio that you and him have talked about this subject. Oh, good. And uh, traded emails with him. Now, I, I want to, I'll bring something up that actually Jay Dyer, even, even before Andreas uh, was talking about this, uh, Jay Dyer and I had a private uh, back and forth. He brought it up to me, and he asked me what I thought of um, a lady back from the 70s named Carolyn Coffey. Carolyn And she Coffey. is known as Tula. Okay. okay, and Tula was a Bond girl. She was in the movie, I think she's in The Man with the Golden Gun. Or is she in, I can't remember which Bond, which Bond movie she's in. But she's in, the, she's in one of the 70s Bond movies with Roger Moore. And it came out later that she was a transsexual, that she used to be a man. Okay. Okay. Have you spelled coffee? No, here's like the, the coffee thing. coffee drink? No, C-O-F-F-E-Y. Okay. Well, okay. Carolyn Coffee. Look up, okay. If Carol- you look up Tula, T-U-L-A. Mm-hmm. That's her name, Tula? One, one, yeah, one. Jay Butler... Okay. 
Yeah, Jay brought this up, and I thought this was interesting because I had never actually thought about this before. He What he brought up was, what if they paid a woman to come out and say that she was a transsexual mm-hmm. be, just for the fact of being able to say that a transsexual was beautiful because they couldn't actually get a beautiful transsexual, like one that looked feminine and passed for a woman. All right, Carolyn Cossey. Okay, I see ya. Carolyn Cossey. Oh, Cossey. Cossey. Okay. Cossey, C-O-S-S-E-Y. Sorry. Yeah, okay. Yeah, so so what if so what if there are people out there claiming to be transsexuals and they're not? All it's right. just you know, well, um that's a that's a possibility as well. I, I don't know. Like I said, I don't know um I don't know uh that any of these people are or they aren't. You could say like someone like Melania Trump has a mannish quality to her jawbone or something like that. But there are things about her that look feminine to me. Um, you know, can are they able to create these uh, things now? These uh, create not them, to, not create to, them, I'll, or I'll simulate them. Not, yeah. Yes, simulate them. Not not too long ago, I saw one um, uh, at the uh, mall. And how did you know it was one? Like did they have a the sign? My eye. <laughs> What's that? How did you know it was one? Did they were they wearing a sign or <laughs> if they're good, they're hard to you no. Wouldn't, you wouldn't look twice, well, would you? Well, they. The thing is, is first of all, out hmm. here they've been. I mean, they've been around forever. Well, you know, okay. more more so than anywhere else, except for New York, probably. All right. And so or I mean, Paris. you, you kind of grow up in California. <laughs> yeah, you gr- yeah you grow up like seeing that. I mean, I, I remember you used to see, uh, you know, I mean, there's, I mean, still to this day, there's there's men walking around as women, you know, like hookers, right? Right. Um, but but yeah, I saw this one at the mall the other day, and it. First of all, they, they they broadcast themselves like they dress so like outlandish mm-hmm. that they they attract attention to themselves. So that's the first thing I saw was like, oh, I'm all, what is this woman wearing? This is bizarre. She's wearing these like you know seven inch high stilettos and some like you know bizarre looking dress with the hair. And then I'm like, oh, it's a dude. Okay. And and for all intents and purposes, you could say it looked like a woman, but I picked up right away that it was a man. I was like, okay, it's a man. But he had um, the feminine attributes uh, bolted on, if you know what I mean. Sure. But do you think it's relevant to fakeologist uh, research, or it's just a distraction, or it's a waste of time, or... As somebody accused poor Unreal, and he's not here to defend himself, <laughs> thought, well, maybe Unreal had a, a bad uh, a bad meeting with one in a club when he was out one night having a fun time. And maybe he's just trying to get his revenge. I just thought that, I can't remember who said that to me. No, I, I, 
No, I think I think it's a good topic. Mm-hmm. Like I said, I don't fully completely agree um with some with some of his findings. It's not that I I don't agree with the investigation of it though. Mm-hmm. Plus I think he's a good honest researcher so I have no problem with with him, you know, doing something outside of my realm of interest. But um but uh I think that because it's such a it's 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 something that's being pushed on society and being um you know for lack of a better term rammed down our throats that it does warrant some investigation as to how this stuff is you know going to be culturally implemented into our world and normalized so um I don't, as far as like secret transvestites that the, uh, or, uh, you know, secret, uh, not transvestites, secret transsexuals that the elite are into that type of stuff. And, um, I don't know. I don't know. I would, I, but I mean, you can't put it past them. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. Do you have an opinion on whether, so you think Melania, <laughs> do you think Melania is a man or a woman? I don't know. I, I really don't know. I, I've I've looked uh, after Andreas brought it up. I went and looked at some pictures of her, and like I said, like she just. I mean, you. I mean, you're you're driving around all day, Tim. I'm sure you come in contact with some women who have some manly qualities. Oh point. yeah, of course, of course. But I never. It doesn't, yeah, yeah. So, I, I've, so, I've yeah. I've known enough of them. I, yeah. I, there's no doubt. There's no doubt. But I don't measure their hips, and I think there's a few telltale signs that uh, probably give it away. But yeah, <laughs> really, the only way you can tell is to have them pull their pants down and get in there. But uh, that's not going to happen. But I, I'm just fascinated that we could be being deceived at just such a massive level. And the thing that predict one of the better quotes that I put up, I believe someone said the other day, is one of the one of the best ways that big lies are protected is by our own incredulity, our own unwillingness to believe that they would be this brazen to put it right in our face and shake it. And still we don't notice. So that would apply to any of the first lady slash mans like Michelle Obama. She's right on the edge for me. Or Melania, which I'm pretty sure... If this Trump presidency goes too far, that they'll keep her fairly, fairly out of the limelight just because maybe her thick accent and or maybe she is a tranny and then they don't want that uh, to be debated too much by giving too much public appearance. Although I don't know how they're going to do it. It's just this whole thing is just uh, just just interesting. I don't know. Like it's the same thing with Michelle Obama. I'm just saying I'm not an expert in this. I don't, and it's not something I look at at all. But like when that whole thing came out that Michelle Obama was a man, I went and I watched some videos for of her talking and the way that she has mannerisms. Yeah. And it, if she's a guy, then they've trained that person to act like a, a a real female because she still acts like a real female to me. Um. She she is of course very manly looking, and she is a very tall woman. And tall women, especially like you know, I mean, you can go look at uh, women basketball players 
and oh, yeah, they, they have managed qualities to that. Oh yeah, they've always been you debatable, know, um, haven't they? Yeah, but I don't necessarily mean, think that means that they're men. And like I said, like like I said, I went and watched some videos of Michelle Obama just talking and um, just the way that her mannerisms are. And like I said, if she is a man, which I don't know that she isn't, uh, then she had a coach train her how to be a woman because even when you talk to, even if you were to talk to somebody who is, you know, has, um, you know, uh, become a, a synthetic woman, mm-hmm. a man who has changed himself, they don't have the mannerisms of a female. They don't have a feminine quality to them because they're not, fe- they're not females. And the other thing that I want to say is, uh, actually, actually, I have two things about this subject. Okay. First of all, th- these people who get these operations, they're going to get cancer. Oh, wow. <laughs> Just because they're altering their hormones drastically? Absolutely. Absolutely. They're going to disrupt their normal function. They are going to get cancer. And, uh, I mean, it's all, it's just dangerous getting a surgery in general. I yeah. mean, obviously some people need surgery, something that you need, but you are disrupting your normal, uh, stuff. If you're dis if, if you're disrupting your stuff, you're going to yeah. get, yeah, you're asking for cancer there. The other thing is, uh, I think a lot of these people are mentally ill, unfortunately. Um, if you are a man and you want to be a woman, there's, there's one, something culturally wrong, and two, there's something uh, psychologically wrong. Like, that, that's not, it's not a normal function. I mean, Gore, you, you remember Gore Vidal, right? Well, a little bit. I remember the name. I didn't really look into it too much. Yeah, Gore, Gore Vidal. He was a gay. He was a gay guy. Okay. And in the '60s, he he wrote about this. He he wrote a book called Myra Breckenridge, and it was about a transsexual back in the '60s. And the one thing that this character goes through in this book is it is he's changed himself into a woman, but he can never get rid of the man. And that's one thing I think Gore Vidal was even kind of. I think he even talked about in interviews where he said, like, yeah, this is ridiculous. He's like, if you're gay, you're a man that's gay. You're not a woman. Like, you can't go changing yourself into a woman. It doesn't make sense. So, um, yeah, it's bizarre. It's, it's it's a bizarre thing, and it's literally designed to flip, flip culture and flip uh, humanity upside down. And it's the ultimate of control if they can get a handle on it and and control just some of the basic blueprint of the human being. It's it's really an exhibition of ultimate control. You know, just like they fly high powered airplanes over air shows to show everyone how powerful they are. If they can if they can mess with the human being, our very nature. I'm not going to say DNA because I'm not sure about DNA if it even exists. So if they can. If they can mess around with the blueprint of the human being, whatever it is, then that is the ultimate in in an exhibition of power. Yeah, one thing I will agree uh, with with uh, Andreas and and you, what you guys were talking about, is that they will put manly women out into the public to get you used to seeing that type of woman and then mm-hmm. accepting that through... Uh, 
repetition, you know, of, of seeing that type of a woman and a less feminine woman. I think we've been seeing that for a while now, where where they push, you know, more um, masculine women into the limelight and adjust your, um, you know, because people's perception primarily comes through entertainment. Mm-hmm. Like their perception of reality is based off of what they see in entertainment. And then they apply that to reality. So they think, oh, well, yeah, it's normal to have women in combat, right? That's normal. Uh, it's normal to have um, women on WWF. It's normal to have uh, women in the UFC fights. And then it's normal to have these manly, you know, these manly uh, women walking around. And so uh, it adjusts you to the idea of having transsexuals because you've actually been uh, adjusted to it through through just seeing manly-looking women promoted. It also, um, and and you know, the whole debate about women in combat or you know women you know fighting in UFC or, play, or playing baseball or whatever, all it does is further removes the woman from the idea of having children and you know, being, being part of a family. That's, that's what, that's what it does essentially, you know, so, you know, that the whole debate about all that stuff is is just nonsensical because all it's doing is further removing the woman from doing what she was naturally inclined to do. Yeah. And I was just listening to, uh, women in battle, I guess it was on the latest no agenda show. That's the last thing I think I was listening to. So, yeah. That's certainly a contentious issue, I think. I think it's, you know, on one hand, you think women should be able to do whatever men would would like to do, but on the other hand, it's just so unnatural. And then someone has said, well, if a woman if a woman dies, then not only does is her life taken, but future life that she could provide is taken as well. So it's a double loss. Absolutely, and. I don't even want men to go to war. So mm-hmm. why would I want women to go to war either? <laughs> yeah, it's it's go fight in these fake go go fight in a fake war for for a fake enemy, for a fake cause, for fake nationalism. Yeah, and, it's it's, uh, it's I'm going to, you know, I'm going to It's corporatism really, let's be honest. That's That's one of the things I like about yeah. the No Agenda show. They really try and find out the root causes of of these corporate wars and they're just it's it's the same old thing it's just fighting for corporations under the name of nationalism and it's uh, to control resources and not always the resources you it always has been yeah and not all yeah exactly and it's just we've always been territorial always you have to remember mm-hmm. you have to remember too that the that the um that the corporations were over here in North America in the 1700s. They already had corporate entities, the Virginia Company and the mm-hmm. British East India Company. And um, even Canada had its corporations. For sure. Well, this is an Anglo-American well, empire. Uh, I don't doubt that. And uh, Canada is still definitely part of it. I just had a discussion. I heard someone say... That we still are under the British North America Act simply because we did not ratify our constitution where we were supposed to have repatriated it and broken away from the Queen. But because Quebec didn't sign it over language issues, then 
it's null and void. And I don't think I've ever heard anyone bring that up. So not that it makes a heck of a difference which charter we're operating under, but it would make it more clear that we're still completely connected to the queen and that structure. Oh, yeah. Whatever well, she represents. A, yeah. Well, yeah. The, the, what She nullified uh, Parliament that one time, right? Recent, uh, what, like five years ago, six years ago? Well, there was, I can't remember exactly, but yeah, everything still goes to her for royal assent. I don't, they call that symbolic, but I think it's legal. We've always called it symbolism over here. She's just a symbol. She's just a symbol. Well, why do we go to her? Why? Okay, yes, she rubber stamps everything, but it's still royal assent. We, we call it like it is. I don't think we're hiding anything. They aren't hiding anything. But they are masking it, masking it as symbolism. But it's not. It's actually legal. <laughs> it's royal assent. I just watched a local counselor last night after he was given, or before he was given a Masonic handshake, a pledge allegiance to Elizabeth. And I thought, this is a local council. But yeah, her picture is over top of the chief mason, the mayor. And this new counselor is swearing allegiance to the queen. So I don't, they're not hiding it in Canada, that's for sure. No. Nope. And by the way, if someone shakes your hand and puts his left hand on your shoulder, is that a Masonic grip? Um, if they're doing a Masonic shake, it is. Yeah. There's a thing... Because um, I think you, you know about these thing things, There's a thing that you'll right? see... What's that? You know about some of these things. I think you've researched it and read some books on Masson, Masons and whatnot. Yeah, hand-to-hand, knee-to-knee. You'll see these guys, do the, especially world leaders, where they put their hands on each other's shoulders and they pull. Yeah. It looks like they're giving each other a hug. Yes. But they're shaking hands while they're hugging. Yeah, there's you can find it online. There's a there's a Masonic um, poem that goes along with the with with that particular handshake. It's like hand to hand, knee knee to knee, and then if you go watch these guys give handshakes, they actually do this where they like touch their knees together while they're okay. shaking hands and pull each other in for a, a hug. Um, hand uh, left hand on each other's shoulders. Yes, that's what I was witnessing. A handshake with the left hand on the shoulder. That's what I was puzzled yeah, by. Because it looks odd. Because I don't do it. Yeah, but. most most likely the guys will, um, when they give a Masonic handshake, the most common one is you place your uh, thumb on the third knuckle. On the, the knuckle or in between? Too. Yeah, it, it, You'll notice it. It looks like a weird handshake. It looks like you're getting a handshake from like a guy who's kind of light in the loafers. Okay. But he's. It's like a. The the best example of it is actually go watch uh, Ron Paul give Ben Affleck a handshake on Bill Maher. <laughs> Me. Interesting. The you can probably find that pe- people. People uh, have pointed that one out. There's also a really weird one, really, where Ron Paul and Rick Perry, the former governor of Texas, yeah. 
are give each other like this really strange Masonic handshake. It's almost like they're doing like um, it, it almost looks like they're doing like like double Dutch jump rope or something. <laughs> it's it's weird. Yeah, I'll have to look that sucker up. Yeah, right. if I find it, I'll email it to you. Yeah, but, um, you know what, Tim? I gotta go. Yeah, it was nice chatting with you. We're well over your hour, and I think you're in your driveway for a while now. You probably drove right through the house to the back of the garage. So, <laughs> <laughs> thanks for yeah. thanks for the chat. Yeah, we can. Yeah, let's do it again uh, soon. Yeah, let's, yeah, let's do, do it again it soon. Week. It's 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 nicer when I'm in my uh, studio. Maybe I'll work out my streaming. And sorry for the caller who called in. I didn't. I can't remember what his name was from the Connecticut area, but uh, Joe. Oh, it was Joe. Joe. Right. Well, yeah, we were. I wasn't really doing a call-in show, but uh, I did invite people to join in. So I'm sorry if I was a little rude or we just started talking amongst ourselves, which was the original intention. And maybe Nino, if he has some interesting discussions, uh, we can get him on one of these things. But uh, so far, this worked out pretty good, this yeah. is the, the conference call. But thanks so much for joining, John, and uh, we'll talk to you next time. And your all your stuff is, of course, on hoaxbusterscall.com, the original one and the John Adams commute ones, all there. Yes. Excellent. Absolutely. All right. Okay, all thanks. Right. All right, my friend. Have a good night. You too. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Your conference recording has stopped. All right, there goes uh, John Adams. Goodbye. Goodbye. Uh, just closing up the conference call, and it was nice chatting with John, and uh, not usually in the studio, but today we are, and uh, we will probably maybe get back to some regular calls, some regular guests as uh, as this cold winter descends upon uh, North America. But for now, I'm going to sign off, and uh, thanks, everyone, for listening. Goodbye. Hi, this is the voice of Hoi Poloi from cluesforum.info, and I have no control over how this recording is being used to promote Fakeologist Radio at fakeologist.com.